Hello and welcome to this podcast with Pastor Tony Paolo, recorded live at Restoration Church of Rhode Island. Enjoy today's message. So the book of James um, uh, and each tonight is going to is subtitled, and he's going to he's going to show us how joy is synonymous with trials. And I had to remind myself. I was like, I had to actually close my 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 notes because I had to remind myself that trials is equivalent to joy. So the title of tonight's message is, the, the weekly title will be James Powerful Living. The subtitle tonight is Trial is Equivalent to Joy. I want you to think, like whatever it is that you're going through, there's a, there's a purpose for it. An absolute function. God is accomplishing, he's accomplishing something in your life. And there's things that you will only learn when you're going through a trial. It just, it just, it's not the funnest thing to hear, <laughs> but it's true. So if you're going through a trial, now I'm not talking about going through a trial because you made very bad decisions. Those are called, yeah, those are called consequences. <laughs> trial is different than stupid decisions. Am I like to say stupid? Yeah, bad decisions. All right, I'm not talking about, oh, I'm just, God is walk, walking me through this. No, he's not. Don't blame him. This was all you. You having to spend two years in prison is not God's. Oh, God is trying to teach me something. No, you broke the law, dude. Can I talk to you like this? Okay, so this is, and this is another thing. God doesn't send the tests or trials. Life has this way of just doing that all by itself. But God is so powerful where he can teach us kingdom lessons through some very painful moments in our lives. So James, uh, let's turn to James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. And then we're going to actually sneak into verse 12. James plays a, a vital role uh, as, we, as we found out b- because he, he wrote this very early on during uh, Christian history, during a history of Christianity. And verse 1 says, I'm writing this to the 12 tribes that are just scattered. And why are they scattered? Because of persecution. Okay? And they're scattered because of persecution. So James is not writing to a church, although it's considered an epistle. He's not writing to a church. He's just writing to groups of Christians that are all around um, the world, giving them some very practical advice. And the key thing about James and as he gives advice about being a follower of Jesus, he, he wants to move faith from being an abstract concept to faith being a very organic, real life, tangible uh, sense of being who, of who Christ is. Uh, uh, he's trying to move faith, and we often think of faith as some kind of thing, concept, yeah, just have faith. But he really wants it to move into having real effects into the real world and teaching us that it's a lasting fruit. And he's got this consistent focus on practical behaviors, encouraging people, God's people, to act like God's people. That's it. Always have that. And it's not your standard. We always try to kind of water it down because we don't want to hurt feelings. God's people should be acting like God's people. And if you ever try to, if you ever wonder what a Christian should act like, ask a non-Christian. They'll tell you. They'll tell you. You should not be doing that. They'll tell you, and, and if they invite everybody for drinks on Friday, oh, you can't come. They should tell you. You might want the invitation, but they ain't going to give it to you because they know. And he was pretty right up front. 
It's like, if you don't measure up, just stop making excuses and ask God for help. A faith that does not result in real life transformation, change, is, is not faith at all. So he talks about how to deal with trials, how to deal with wisdom, uh, how to gain wisdom. He, he tells us how like true faith and true religion is, is, is really embracing the orphans, really embracing the widows. He talks about having your faith impact every area of your life. He talks about the power of the tongue. Okay, That's going to be a fun time in a couple of weeks. And this book was written to a group of Christians that were going through persecution. So he says this. He's prompting them for a perspective change during trials. Okay? Now, we all face trials of many kinds. The, the New Testament, the new early uh, believers were facing severe trials. And as they are facing severe trials, now, I know sometimes when I'm going through dark moments, people are like, oh, trust God. I'm like, I don't, like sometimes it just irks me when you're just so entrenched in your mode and somebody says, oh, God is with you. You're like, ah, Stop. If we're honest with ourselves, right, sometimes we get, we, we want to so believe a lie in the moment that when somebody comes up to the truth, it's like, I don't want to hear it. But here, James is like, in the middle of their persecution, he says, consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters. So to me, the, the real conflict, now several years back, we did a whole series on joy, complete dependence on God, faith and trust and the ability to know the ways of God. For me, having Joy, you really have to be kingdom-minded. He says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And then in verse 3, he says, because you know. And then the way this is written in the Greek, he goes, you, you should know this already. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces something. Perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And then in verse 12, we'll skip down in verse 12. It says, afterward, you will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. This is supposed to be now a positive slam. Don't see this as a negative thing. What the, the goal that, that needs to happen tonight is there needs to be a paradigm shift. Whatever you're going through right now in your trials or temptations or trouble. There needs to be a paradigm shift to go, you know what? God's got me. James is like, this is a, it's all good, James said. It's all good. And, and it's all good because this is being written from a kingdom perspective. He says, joy and your trials are equivalent because there's a purpose for your trial. There's a, everything that you go through as a man of God and a woman of God, God is saying, I got you. There's a purpose. So if we can really be sold on the, that God has a sole purpose in what I'm going through right now, and then there's a product. There's something that you gain as a result of God's purpose in your life. And then there's a promise. So we have to really change our mind. Let's just change our mind about what you're going through right now. You're going through it. You, and, 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 and sometimes the best way out of something is through it. And the trial is something you just, we just got to walk through. I'm go and oftentimes we use the phrase, I'm going through a trial, and we usually say that with, with doubt or, 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 or frustration. I'm going through a trial or, or just really depressed or, or sad. But God has a purpose for every season of testing that you go through. God has a purpose. God has not forgotten about you. I want to remind you 
Someone needs to hear this. For every season of testing that you're in right now, and every season of trial that you're in right now, God has a purpose. We tend to focus on the trial. I'm going through a trial. We tend to focus on the test. But the focus shouldn't be on the test. The focus should be on the outcome. What is God? And if the goal, our goal in this trial is different than God's, it would be of our best interest for it to be the same. That we get on God's page, not God get on our page. Right? And we're, we might be praying for things like, Lord, put this fire out. But God's saying, no, I'll meet you in the fire. Okay? This is key now. We, let's change our mind. What you're going through right now, God is not doing it himself. God's like, you know, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Let me let something bad happen to you. Some people have that theology. They've developed this mindset. This, I know this is God. I sinned uh, 10 years ago. And God don't do, God, there's nothing in his word that says God makes bad things happen to people. Nothing. Life has its way of life, uh, of just letting bad things happen all by itself. But God uses those things in our lives. Okay, so, but the trials and the tests are designed to reveal something. The trials and the tests that you're going through are designed to develop something. There are things that are developed in your character that are not normally developed when you're going through, when you're on the top of a mountain. Things grow in the valley that don't grow in the mountaintop. So I want us to, let's change our mind. And what I see happening often is we've made the trial the focus. We zero in on the trial instead of what the trial is actually accomplishing. Consider it pure joy when you're going through these trials. Like, let's, let, let's equate those. Because when we consider something, when we say, okay, God, like, like I said, Psalm 23, Lord is my shepherd, I'm good. Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So when we have joy during the trials, we know, okay, God's in charge. He's doing something. Because every time your faith is tested, there's a purpose. And we read it. A faith that is not tested is not, te is not faith at all. You can't say I have faith unless your faith has been tested. I can't say what, what makes the statement true that I have faith is because I've walked through something. And you know what's amazing? Every single person here has walked through something. And, and, and it's not about surviving it. I know that the world has phrases like, oh, I'm a survivor. The cross does not make you a survivor. The cross makes you an overcomer. Surviving, all that means is like, yeah, I didn't drown. <laughs> That's, I, and the cross does not give me the title of survivor. The cross gives me the title of an overcomer. So going through trials has the capacity now to develop perseverance in, in you. Going through trials has a capacity to strengthen you. So this is what James, this is what James is saying. The testing of your faith, life pressures you. Don't think of a test as being something bad. Because for those of you who are in school, you have to study for a license or continuing education units. Where after everything of all the research, guess what? You got to go for a test. And then you pass a test. The test reveals what you know and what you don't know. And I remember when I was in school, the professor would always say, don't just study something for the test. I'd be like, yeah, right. As you're cramming the night before. Sure, yeah, I'm going to study it for life. Yeah, right. You will see this again. No, I won't. So we go through these tests. The test that we go through in life reveals and it develops. And what it develops in you and, and in an I is it actually strengthens you. 
Now, let's like think about that for a moment. Because what do we usually do when we go through a trial? Lord, I need strength. God says, I am. Just walk and you'll get strength. They, they, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their so you got to be careful when you pray for strength. God says, okay, then wait. We're like, wow, I've been praying for strength for 30 years. I've been in a 30-year trial. Lord, I need strength. Okay, walk. So James is saying that when you're going through your trials, it develops perseverance. It develops spiritual cardio. That's why we get so winded because we want to quit. And all quitting, see, there's no, really, there's no real benefit in quitting because all be quitting uh, affords you is just basically to stop the process. And when there's no process, there's no progress. And when there's no progress, there's no promise. So James says when you're walking through these trials, it has the capacity to build within you spiritual cardio. It's an invaluable opportunity. This is, uh, this is what the Message Bible says it this way. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. Isn't that powerful? When your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. So it's not about the test. It's about the outcome. We make it so about the test. But the test leads somewhere. It doesn't stop. If we stop at the test... If we stop at the trial, then it becomes about the trial. We never get to experience the promise. But here it says, it stirs up power within you to endure. And James said, come on, you know this. But when you panic, he says, you know. Because what happens when you panic and you're filled with anxiety, you forget. Why am I going through this? Pat, Angelo, can you tell me why I'm doing this? Brother Carl, can you why why? Grace, tell, God don't like me. God must hate me. And when we forget, we forget covenant. James like, listen, you're getting boiled in oil. You're facing persecution. You're getting cut in half because you believe in the gospel. You know that when you face trials, it builds your faith. Like imagine giving someone counsel who's going through a trial and their trial is being persecuted for their faith. And they're afraid that if they go out in public, they're going to be boiled in oil alive. Because of their faith. Not, what kind of advice? I would say hide under your bed and be very afraid. James is like, consider it joy. Like if, 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 I mean, we go through what we go through, not to the extent of the, the early Christians at all. And when somebody gives us covenant advice, we get frustrated. Because aren't you listening to what I'm saying? I'm being persecuted for my faith. He says, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. So when your faith is tested, God is teaching you toughness. We've got to be tough. We've got so many wimpy Christians. Right? Like before we became Christians, we were tough. Then we became Christians. We're like, we became humble and, do and docile and meek. So God is trying to teach us toughness and endurance and unwavering faith, a belief in the promises of God. That's joy. Consider it all joy, brothers and sisters. And you learn stuff when you're in a trial that you will not learn otherwise. Joy. Trial. Joy now helps you focus. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Right? 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. So joy has this way of making your heart sensitive to the promises of God. It's like, wow, I, I, I have an idea of what God is up to in my life. I, I have this sense of what God wants to accomplish. So if God wants to accomplish something and we want something else to happen and it's completely opposed then we got to change our ways and say, God, give me discernment to be able to understand your ways. That's joy. Joy is not a feeling. Joy is an act of faith. Joy doesn't have, joy and happiness are really completely different, right? Happiness is centered on your circumstances. Joy is centered on your faith. Doesn't make sense what's happening around me, but I'm going to have joy in the Lord. Consider it pure joy. So now I'm sensitive to the promises of God instead of sensitive to my trial. God is accomplishing something. Maybe God's focus is that he wants you to learn. Maybe his focus is not deliverance in the way you want it to happen. Maybe his focus is that he wants you to learn. See, what trials helps us understand is that the formulation of your character is more important than your feelings. Like how you feel about the matter sometimes is inconsequential. Because it's, sometimes how I feel is like so far removed of what God wants to accomplish in my life. So I said, God, whatever, is, whatever it is you want to accomplish in my life. He, and, and then James, which is a strange phrase, trials of many kinds. The word trials now is a word that the pharmaceutical industry uses, the science world uses. When it, it, and what they say, when they come out with the new medicine, what they say is, okay, we're going to conduct trials. We're going to conduct experiments to make sure that this medicine works the way it's supposed to do. So they conduct an experiment, and they conduct another trial, and they run through all these kind of trials. So that word trial, in the original Hebrew, part of that word, we get the word is experiment, which means a repeated test taking place until a desired result is produced. That's an experiment. Let's do the trials again. Pharmaceutical. Let's do this again. Run it through again. And, and they'll do it 100 times. They'll spend money. They'll get funded to ha- ha- have the same experiment repeated hundreds, thousands of times until the outcome that they want is produced. So they say, do it again. It's, and maybe you feel like, I feel like I'm going through the same thing over and over again. It's because God is waiting for a certain result to happen. It's not about the test. It's about the result. Years back, I took... Um, uh, a uh, stress test. I don't know if you took a stress Anybody here has taken a stress test before? Treadmill? Fun. Isn't it fun? <laughs> yeah, Pastor Tony. So, so I was like, you know, I was crazy. So anyway, so the lady's saying to me, she's hooked me up to, and she gives me a, a little button to press, and she says, listen, you know, Anthony, um, you know, most people don't make it past seven minutes. I'm like, watch me. Yeah. I was like, watch me. And so she says, yeah, we're going to continue. Um, the goal is to reach your, uh, your heart rate. And the test is designed to help you reach your heart rate. And we're going to continue every couple of minutes. We raise the treadmill and beep. And, and she, every couple of minutes she says, are you okay? And she says, at any point, you, if you have a problem, press the button. I said, I won't need that. Put that aside. Thank you very much. <laughs> and so I reached, you know, the, the treadmill kept going up. It was like this. I was running on a treadmill that was like this. I was like, Spider-Man. But anyway, so she says, you're doing okay? I says, I'm doing just fine. And, uh, um, and uh, she says, well, you reached your heart rate. Would you like to continue? I'm like, so, you know, I, 
I said, what would that accomplish? She goes, well, it'll just give us a better reading. I'm like, let's, let's go. So she continues, and, we get, and so I go 11 minutes. It's not important how long I went, but she said the test, when it, if the test reveals a problem, then it's no longer about the test, then it becomes about the problem. We stop the test, and then we address the problem. Okay, so the trials is not designed to highlight the test. It's designed to highlight the outcome. We're saying, oh, God, this test, the test, I can't take it anymore. God says the testing is designed to produce perseverance in you. It's designed to produce something in you that would normally not be produced if you're not going through a test. The product of a test is, if you're a kingdom-minded person, the product of a test is designed to build strength in you. It's designed to build endurance in you. And the end result of that test is key to the experiment. Don't be so consumed on the test or on the trial that you miss out on the promise. And so when the pharmaceuticals go through their tests and they run through their tests and they don't get the, the anticipated result, what do they do? Repeat the test. And you know what? It costs them so much money to do the test over again, they wait until funding comes in. It's a big deal. Why would you want to repeat the same trial? Like, don't you? Sometimes you go through a trial, you're like, deja vu. And God's like, yep. <laughs> a couple of deja vu people in the house. Any deja vu people in the house? Come on, be honest. Yeah, tell the truth, shame the devil. It's like, like why? It's like, it's like a different year, but I feel like I'm going through the same, like, what's happening? God's like, I'm trying to, didn't you pray, Lord, make me more like Jesus? That's a powerful prayer. Don't ever stop praying that, because he will. <laughs> through a test. So James says, joy, consider it pure joy. The focus isn't the test. The focus is what it produces in you. What is happening in you as a result of what you're going through? That's, that's true character form. That's true character formulation in, in your heart. The, form, the, the full dependency of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So the joy aspect now, what James is saying, is the ability to build a, a, a muscle, muscle memory, a mechanism to say, I completely depend on God. Absolutely. So these are the things. You say, well, I'm going through a trial. These are the things that happen. Again, you're going through this trial. These are three or four things that happen. First thing is your faith is being tested. It's only a test. That's it. Your faith is being tested. Every single person here has had their faith tested. A faith that's not tested isn't faith at all. Another thing is happening. Is a tested faith is what, de is, is what develops perseverance. And, and this is what the, the Passion Translation says it this way. And then as your endurance grows, or as your perseverance grows even stronger, it will release perfection. I love this. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. I love that. Perfection. It will release. Perfection will leak into every area of your life. That's strength. That's endurance. That's spiritual cardio. That's joy. Lacking nothing. 
And perseverance, I love, it's strange because it says perseverance will have its own way. It, it, it seems like perseverance always leads you to a destination. It takes you somewhere. So the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And then in the NIV, it, it tells us that perseverance must finish its work. The way James writes it in the original language, almost like perseverance has a personality. Let perseverance do its work. Let it produce in you what it needs to produce in you. You can quit at any time, but you don't want to quit. All quitting affords you is stopping the whole process. Process doesn't lead to progress, and then you don't get to experience the promise. So again, these four things. Your trial, you're going through a trial. Your faith is being tested. A tested faith is, leads to perseverance. Perseverance leads you to be mature and complete. And the passing translation says it this way. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Which talks about perfection, which Paul tell, which Jesus tells us in the gospel, be perfect in my love. Now we think perfection, we think, I mean our obvious definition of perfection is, is sinless creatures. Paul, Jesus is talking about, and James is talking about, when he talks about perfection, he's talking about wholeness. That we've adopted, we've, we've exchanged our version for brokenness, dysfunction, to Christ, for Christ's version of brokenness, which is humility. Regardless of the opposition that you're facing right now in your trial. And, and sometimes the only opposition that we're facing in our trial is either the devil himself or ourselves. Either the devil, because he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, or even ourselves because as soon as we begin to believe a lie we become our own enemy so that's why James like listen I know what you're going through that's another thing like oh I'm going through something I know exactly how you feel no you don't I'm about to be cut in half you don't know how I feel James is like joy trial dependency on him and having the heightened sense of awareness of God's movement in your life. So having this vocabulary, this statement saying, I know, God is in, I know God is involved in my life, and he's trying to teach me something. Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? Isn't that a good prayer? Because I feel like every time I say, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? God's like, finally, he's getting it. Class only starts when you become a student. And when you're running from his purpose, you're not a student. So when I sit down and say, God, I am ready. Give me the short version of this. I want cliff notes and let this be done. And I don't want to be in this same, I don't want to be in this same class going, I feel like I'm learning the same lessons. Like, what is going on here? I'd rather live under his blessing and favor than constantly being rescued. The development of your character is so vitally important. Perseverance now must, now the NIV says perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So what perseverance teaches us is going, going past the opposition. Sometimes people say, I feel like I'm hitting a wall. That's not perseverance. Perseverance is going past your opposition. It's looking beyond it. It's looking past it. Perseverance, looking beyond what you're going through to say, 
I know, God, that you have your hand on my life, so I'm going to consider this pure joy. Perseverance must go full term. Make sure that your endurance carries you all the way without failing. There's always an end to what you're going through. There is no trial that lasts forever. Isn't that good news? <laughs> I mean, there might be trials that last forever based on the product of our own decisions, but there is no trial that lasts forever. I love this passage in verse 4 in the passage translation. I'm going to read it again. It will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's wholeness. That's being blameless. You know what being blameless before God? Being blameless before God doesn't mean that you live in absolute sinless perfection. Being blameless before God means that God, remember when, when, when God said about Job, he's blameless. I got nothing. I have nothing against him. You know what that means? I believe what God, God's word says for me. I absolutely trust him. I absolutely believe in his covenant. I believe in his promises, and I'm going to live according to his word. So that word being mature and, and, and lacking nothing is to be whole, fully developed, purified, valuable. My, my faith, to, he talks about being pure. My faith is not ta- easily, my faith is not tarnished. My faith doesn't stain. That means that you allow God to finish his work in your life in the specific season that you're in right now. So you're in a trial. It's a seasonal thing. Eventually it's going to end. you got to make sure that during that season, God accomplishes in you what he needs to accomplish. And if it's not accomplished, guess what? Start this up again. Night school. Night school. Summer school for you. You failed. You ever take night school? Put your hands down. You know the reason. You know what to do. It's like, then you're like, again? God says, yeah, because you keep praying, Lord, make me more like you. And the only way for that to happen is for you to be, be under the microscope of heaven and that your life is not only the laboratory of the Holy Spirit, but also the platform, the promises of God. So there's something that happens. The product is perseverance. The promise is that verse, verse 12 s- says that you receive the crown of life. Not only speaking about eternal life, but also abundant life here on earth. Eternal life we get later. Abundant life we get now. That we allow, that you are allowing God's work to be finished in you. And when God's work is being finished in me, it speaks that we are men and women of integrity. Of character. A balanced character that will fall short of nothing. And we read later on, which is in context, where James says an unstable, don't expect God to do anything in your life if you're unstable, wavering in all of your ways. So we're talking about being balanced. And, and sometimes for some of us, we're in the middle of something. And you say, Pastor, I've done everything I know to do with my very best effort for a long time, and it's not good enough. This is what we got to say, God. Uh, pay attention to what you're doing in my heart. Pay attention, Father, that to temporarily ignore my feelings in this process and to really pay attention, Father, to the character development that's happening in my life. I want to be a student. I want to be a student. Divine revelation doesn't happen until you submit yourself to being a student. There's always, there's, there's always going to be a sense where God is working in your life. God has his hand right now in your business. Right now. 
So the cool aspect of that is like, wow, okay, thank you, Jesus. Consider it pure joy. So what that, what that means is like, oh, okay, I'm going to take, first of all, you have your hands on it. You got to take your hands off of it. I mean, if you, if, if you had the answer, the answer would have, everything would have been okay. You got to take your hands off of it. On your best day, on your most gifted day, you're not going to make it work. Submit our lives to the Lord. So first, here, take your hands off of it. Say, okay, God, I surrender myself. Consider it pure joy. Lord, you're in charge. The Lord is my shepherd. I'm good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. So you're going through a trial. Maybe that's not going to change in the next five or ten minutes. But you know what can change is the paradigm shift that's going to happen before the service is over. Before this service is over, we could change just based on what we read on the book of James. God, it can change our minds. Going through something right now. Thank you, Lord, for being in charge of my life. You're in charge. I take my hands off of this project. I take my hands off of this project called my life. And I used to say, this is my life. I can do whatever I want with it. Not anymore. You are bought with a price. You are not your own. You are his. So there's maybe there's something more valuable in your trial, more valuable, more important than how you feel about the matter right now. God is looking for a specific result. And let this be the last time <laughs> we got to visit this issue in your life. Get an A plus, B plus. B minus. You just have to pass, right? What's the passing grade? 66? 65. <laughs> I know. That was my mindset. Going to, I'm like, I just want to pass. Just push me on the next grade. You know, some schools in New York City, they would just be like, you got a 59? Uh, just go. That was me. But God wants you to be transformed, whole, perfect, perfection, lacking nothing, missing nothing. That every aspect of your life is so drenched in the promises of God, that your life is the platform of his promises, that your life is the laboratory of the Holy Spirit, that the things he's doing in your life is his idea, his movement, his reality, his provision, his initiative, and not your own. Why, why are we panicking? Let's, not, let's stop panicking, stop questioning, and say, God, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in my heart. Can we just acknowledge, we have trust by saying, God, thank you for what you are Thank you for what you are attempting to accomplish in my life. That is our statement right now. Trials of many kinds. Lord, we do consider it joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Trials of many kinds, O oh Father. We consider it pure joy, Father, that we are going through what we're going through right now. It, it's hurtful, it's painful, it causes us to doubt and stay awake at night, but we, we still want to praise you and honor you and develop a mechanism to trust in you, to develop a mechanism to walk and operate in the favor of Jesus Christ. So Lord, no more, no more panicking, no more fear, no more doubt, no more senseless questions. We absolutely trust you. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm good, I'm fine. James says, you know, it produces endurance in you. Make sure that the perseverance carries you 
to the product where you say, God, wow, God, thank you for this revelation in my life based on your word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Don't make it about the test. Make it about what the test produces in your heart. So don't be afraid. Don't panic. Lord, I pray for peace over these men and women of God here tonight. Jesus, oh God, I pray. Based on your plan for our lives, Lord, we don't live out our purpose. We live out your purpose. We don't find the plan that fulfills us. We find the plan that fulfills your plan, oh God. And Lord, may it release perfection into every area of our being. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take just several moments and just create a sense, an atmosphere, Lord, right now, like the surgeon of heaven, work through our hearts, Jesus. And for everyone that is listening at home, God, I pray that you would reach into their homes, reach into their hearts, oh God, and stir up the areas of their heart that needs to be developed and purified and made whole, Father, so their faith doesn't tarnish or their faith doesn't stain. We want to be students and we're sitting behind the desk ready to learn. Wholeness, 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 Father, wholeness. And we pay attention to the movements, to the tweaking, to the touch of heaven in our lives during these trials of many kinds, during these experiments, experiences, God. And let the changes that take place form a character that is based in Christ. Thank you for listening. Tony Paolo is the lead pastor of Restoration Church. If you would like more information, go to restorationchurchri.com dot com.